Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. media instagram twitter facebook all of that just search for marcia's plate m-a-r-s-h-a-s-p-l-a-t-e y'all ready let's get started hey what's up y'all what's hey. going on hey what's uh, good what's good what's good it has been an amazing week oh baby I know you've seen uh, Charles and Miss Netta got married. For the gods. They got married. Yes, but before we get into them, I can speak from a personal level. It looks like I am starting my new nine-to-five job, honey. I'm still a little antsy about it just because it's the first time that I've worked without having a vehicle. So, uh huh. So you know, I'm spoiled. You know, I thought that my bus days had been over. I thought my bus days was over in 2010, but here we are, 2014, and we is back on the bus, honey. 2024. Oh, Lord, I said 14. What's been going on with you, Jay? Uh, nothing much. Just another week of uh, unemployment. You know, I'm in between jobs. <laughs> I was caught in a, a big budget cut out here with a lot of social services. My job was caught up in that last year towards the end of the year. So um, just been grinding, doing that grind. And, um, you know, I think I mentioned uh, I lost a, a, a close friend. So just kind of navigating that and, you know, just kind of getting back in focus for this uh this work grind but i got some some possibilities just about being patient but uh i'm doing all right my week been pretty chill you know it's uh it works for me how about yourself diamond oh man so i don't really do shit this way Listen, <laughs> I, I, okay it's, no 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 it's I'm, I'm not definitely not somebody who is in that grind lifestyle that you gotta be working yeah. working i yeah. am not i'm not her at yeah. all I'm that girl, and I want somebody to take it from me. <laughs> no, I am not her. I will sit on my ass all day if I can, every single time I can. <laughs> you want to know what's sad, Diamond? I'm glad you brought that up. You want to know what's sad? Yesterday was the first day that I actually really relaxed. I mm. don't, don't get me wrong. I did some work. 
Um, but out of compared to usual, I actually relaxed. It was the first time that I meditated and I couldn't even tell you how long. Mm. That's what's up. But no, so tell us you sitting on your crack doing what? So I recorded some music (laughs) when I'm not, when I'm on my daytime, my hobby is my music. So I, I be recording music. And so I posted some songs and recorded. I recorded two songs. I usually only could record like once, one song a month, but Uh I actually recorded two songs this week and they came out really, really dope. One called When Love Never Happens and one called um, Single Childless and Free. And, you know, it's that I'm Single Childless and Free. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm responsible for me and not a whole nother human, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Baby, honey, I I would love to hear the song, baby, because, you know, I'm single. What is it? Single, childless, and free? Yes. (laughs) Honey, I I am that, honey. And even when I'm not single, I hope to still be childless and free. (laughs) But I didn't know that you did music, Diamond. Did you know that I'm a songwriter? Yes, I'm somebody who is very, very... Um, all my all the music on the show is mine. Every show that every all the music that I, we have on the show, everything that you hear musically is my voice, and I wrote it. <laughs> well, honey, you learn something new every day. Um, there is a um, the the la 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 la. That it actually it's me singing it, but the song is actually um. Leanna, uh, I can't say her last name, Javez, Leanna LaJavez or something. I can't remember her name. She's from the UK. But that's actually her song, but I, I recorded it and just used it as an interlude. But yes, I you have said you were a songwriter, but I just I just post my stuff. It's not like I'm selling it. I just post ideas that I have and covers that I have. And yeah, I've got tons of songs on SoundCloud, tons of music. so i do that when i'm like when i ain't got nothing to do and i'm like oh i need something to kind of suck up my day i usually do um do usually do some music i dig it i dig it i'm glad you enjoyed your time off honey i'm glad we both got a break yes we and plus the internet has been in shambles this year you know january we had so much (laughs) Shit happened in, in January, yeah. Every, like just cultural uh, stuff, and you know, we you you just mentioned Netta, and then we have uh, Megan and oh yeah, and Nicki yeah. Minaj, yeah, whatever's happening with that rap battling. Now let me tell you something. I actually enjoy this type of stuff. Like, and I don't. I hate that some of the there's some things I hate about it, but I actually like the idea of. The going back and forth with the artist. Let me. Well, don't say too much, Diamond, because I'm going to use them as a springboard for my topic. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I, I don't want to go into detail <laughs> about that, but I actually miss the days mm-hmm. of, you know, rap battling that we actually got to see and we actually could hear. And, yeah. you know, we've had some gay rap battle rappers on our show as guests. Um, and I actually like the going back and forth aspect of battle rap and i think it's dope long as we keep it to the art and not you know get to shooting and killing people like with biggie and pop 
long as it long as it doesn't go that far. Art. I've always loved competitive art. That's the reason why I love voguing so much because it's a fight dancing. You know, it's yeah. fight and it's just <laughs> added that you know it's invented by trans women. Just like with uh, hip hop, you know, I love rap battles, and it's just an added layer that hip hop is something that was created by black folk. Yeah, it's I all, love that. It's all interesting too. You you said uh, competitive uh, competitive arts. Like when I was in middle school and high school, our the main sport at our art school was forensics, which was like competitive acting and speaking. Mm. And so I was like a master in solo acting series. You know, I played a lot of people's mamas and you know all kinds of dramatic stuff and they had different categories group categories humorous categories and then they had a whole separate like speaking categories where people would do like uh, news and debate and things but yeah that was that was my that was my jam it wasn't bogan but we were getting <laughs> okay well honey you, you know i'm just a performer <laughs> girl you know i'm a classically trained thespian as well word honey. Yes, honey. Classically trained lesbian too, probably. <laughs> How do you get classic? That would be funny. How do you get classic? I mean, I, I might be able to add some thoughts on that on how to be a classically trained lesbian. And okay. I, I got thoughts on being a classically trained lesbian thespian. What is lesbian one hundred and one in the in the in the curriculum? Okay. Let's get 101. Uh, oh, you got it for us, Jay? No, 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 breathe. Please. Let's get 101 <laughs> is that, yes, I can be a lesbian. Trans women can be lesbians. And <laughs> yes. fun is that 101? I think that's 101. We 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 pass one oh one is anything involving the definition, right? So I think we still in one oh one. long story short, trans women can be lesbians. And the fun fact is that the the colloquialism for trans women being lesbians are trans being. Oh. Okay. We have had a we've had a trans lesbian on the show before. <laughs> I think it was in year two. And it was an amazing experience. It was interesting. I was like, ooh. Okay. I was gonna say what is lesbian 202. Oh. 201. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's been a minute. <laughs> well, it ain't been that long. It's, 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 it's in my foundation, in my heart. You know what's so funny is that um, you know, when you you know, when you deal with trauma and shit, you be having moments of your life be blocked out sometimes. And then it kind of comes back and you're like, oh, yeah. And it don't necessarily be like negative things that you forget all the time. Oftentimes, it's also like positive things. You just kind of like the the era or the time is kind of blocked out. Mm-hmm. And um, this topic is Faggity Dyke. Faggity Dyke came from my friends, but it actually really came from watching The Aggressives. And one of the people in there, Tiffany, at the time, I don't know what they go by now or how they identify now, but in that, in the film, that was one of the first. I was like, "Wow!" Like, I really feel seen. Yeah, honey, I remember Tiffany. I know exactly who you talk about, honey. Tiffany yeah. was one of the ballroom girls, you know, yes. honey. Yeah. Tiffany was turning out all of the ballroom trans women, honey. Tiffany had all the girls <laughs> seeking vagina. Mm-hmm. All the girls wanted to seek Amy, honey. They was no longer seeking Andrew. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> but you know, Brie, it, I mean, and I'm, it, it was really impactful because a lot of times people will look at me and think. I'm giving a more masculine energy, like some of the other people featured in the film. And 
I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I can, you know, I can be, you know, romantic and all that kind of stuff, but I'm not that masculine. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was really, it was really cool to see that, uh, that representation. I'm gonna tell you a secret, Jay. Everybody who's masculine or masculine socially, they ain't that masculine behind closed doors. <laughs> right. What, what, what you think, Diamond? Because you're <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think about all the butch lesbians that I grew up with. There was, you know, there was a lot who were um, super ma- masculine, but I remember some that were, I, I call them butch flowers. They were, you know, they were, they were, you, they, they presented masculinely, you know, they, it was very butch, but I can tell that they love to kiki and fag mm-hmm. out with the gay boys and be yeah. one of the be one of the gay boys. <laughs> I can yeah. I can watch them and see them in spaces. They'll be on the beat, like in in our city. There was a strip um, called the beat, and everybody, after the club, everybody would go and park in this parking lot or on this particular street called the beat, and everybody be there. And honey. The, the butch flowers would be kiki in with the boys. They wouldn't even be with the lesbians. They'd be over there uh-huh. with the gay boys, voguing or runway walking or just it's just super super cute. I live, I yeah, loved that, it. That was Tiffany. You just described Tiffany, but um, it's funny that you say that that a lot of them, you know, seem like they wanted to be the gay boys because a lot of them have transitioned to become the gay boys. No <laughs> yeah, it's how they transition right into gay men. Shout out to our lesbian audience. We have a ton of them. We love y'all. We care for y'all. <laughs> and has, hashtag Marsha's Play, if you are a faggy dyke, let us know. <laughs> I, live <for> that. <laughs> I live for that term. <laughs> a faggy dyke. If you want to punk girls. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> hashtag Marsha's Play. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck <laughs> so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Well, baby, honey, diamond, you didn't already started talking about Meg Thee Stallion and Nicki Minaj, honey. I don't know what is going on with Onika, Tanya, Mirage, Patty, honey, and Miss Megan Pete. Baby, yeah, Megan ain't been around long enough for me to know her for a government yet. But anyway, they beef and rap beef. We have a rap beef in 2024 before we can even get out of January. If you didn't know, the girls are Added, honey, Nicki Minaj 
if you know hip hop, you know that she has been throwing shots at all of the little rap girls. Honey, she has thrown shots and has beefed with essentially every young woman in hip hop that she has worked with. Nobody has gotten direct hits yet. Meg Thee Stallion comes out after making a post that y'all gonna see me soon, comes out with this record called His. His dropped on Friday at midnight, soon as the clock hit Friday, His dropped. In His, Megan goes after Drake, she goes after uh, the Tory Lanez fans, she goes after her ex-party, but mainly she goes after the queen of rap, Miss Nicki Minaj, Honey, yes. You feel it was mainly. Yes, honey. I broke. I broke down all the lyrics for the girls who are who are interested. You could go to my uh, Facebook page. I mean, you could go to my YouTube for that very very post. But yes, Dami, Yes, honey. Yes. Yeah, I yes. felt like she was going after the men more than she was going. To, I guess so she went after Nikki, but I felt there like was, it was more towards the men and the people who were on Tory's side. There was a lot of gender neutrality as well. There was a lot of her referring, seemingly referring to, well, I'm going to say seemingly, because no name, at the end of the day, the big thing is no names were dropped. <laughs> but but they're beefing. They're going at it. Um, Megan seemingly comes for Nikki. She talks about how she could never respect the woman who made R. Kelly go viral. And then, you know, we found footage of Nikki making R. Kelly go viral. Um, she'll, she'll never respect, uh, you know, butt shots, this, and, you know, just dragging her too much to even get into. I don't have enough time right now, but no, 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 you gotta say the main one. You know, I was going to get to the meat and potatoes of it all, Diamond. Now, hi, <laughs> one line that has caused the internet and Onika Mirage to lose their minds over the weekend. Bitches ain't mad at Megan. Bitch is mad at Megan's Law. If you don't know, Megan's Law is essentially the act put in place where sex offenders have to register. It's a law put in place and named after Megan, a young girl who was brutally assaulted and murdered by a neighbor. Um, her, her parents fought for the law, and that is the law where people are informed when there is... Wait, 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 wait. Nicki Minaj? No, you're not listening, Jay. This is um, Megan the Stallion. Megan, yes, okay. Megan gotcha. the and I'm gonna, like, and I'm gonna break. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it all down. So she's talking about bitches being mad at the sex offender law. One of the things that has been causing a lot of people to hop off of the barb train is this whole reality that Nicki Minaj surrounds herself with predators, with sex offenders. Her husband is a sex offender. She excuses that because of the age that he was when he when he offended. Her brother is an adult sex offender, older than older than she. She supports him, um, pay for his legal team, all those things. But again, that's family. I'm not sure what I would do in that situation. I probably disown my brother, but I don't know. But she has also chosen to work with sex offenders in the industry, like on this last album, Pink Friday 2. She has a couple of tracks that are produced by the guy who Kesha. Mm. Uh, the guy who Kesha me tooed about Nikki also worked with on this last album, Pink Friday too. So yeah, so um long story short, that one line, bitches ain't mad at Megas, bitches mad at Megas Law, is essentially her calling out Nikki for being a right. sex offender. Enabler. Enabler. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. So, but Nikki has come back because that's, we haven't even gotten to the question yet. Nikki comes back and she um, makes a diss track, Bigfoot, and that has the whole internet in the stir and it's caused more people to jump off of the bar bandwagon because in Nikki responding to Megan's song, his Nikki put out Bigfoot, as I said, and it disgusts me to even say it, but um, lying on your dead mama, lying on your dead mama, lying on your dead mama. That's crazy. Yeah, so she has actually, and constantly on social media, Nikki went on an endless social media rant. Again, you can check out um, my platforms for for those recaps and details. But yes, honey, full social media rant. Everybody's in the tizzy. I recently just posted a video um, because I have my question coming for you, Jack. I recently just posted a video where I feel like Nikki, I feel like Nikki went too far bringing up Megan's mother. A lot of people have been defending, have been defending Nikki because they say that hip hop battle rap has been worse than this and more crude than this when it's come from men. For example, Tupac's hit him up where he a little, where he is literally threatening to kill Biggie and Puff Daddy and Junior Mafia. Um, for me, I felt like it went too far because even in that instance, he didn't bring up nobody's mama. In that rap battle, they never brought up each other's mothers and their mothers were alive at the time. So if nothing else, th this is a new low for, for um, hip hop battle rap amongst the top tier rappers, right? My question for y'all and my question for the audience do y'all feel like, because for me, I do genuinely feel like Nikki went too far. Do y'all feel like Nikki went too far? Or do y'all feel like people who who think like I am and people, do you think that Nikki went too far or do you think that this is just hip hop and people like me are judging it differently because they're women? Yes and yes. <laughs> Yeah, she went too far. And yes, people judge women differently in hip hop. <laughs> um, didn't she say something about her getting shot too? Yes, um, she she brought up she um, is uh, claiming that Megan is lying about being shot, um, and calls her. Uh, also, she also calls her online bullet fragment. That didn't make it to. The Bigfoot remit. I mean, that didn't make it to the the Bigfoot diss track. That didn't make it to the final cut. But there was a line where she was like, "Bullet fragment, bullet, bullet fragment, bitch." But then on Bigfoot, she is claiming that Megan is lying about being shot, and she has been claiming all weekend that Megan lied on Tory Lanes as well. So she's completely downplaying Megan getting shot. But then it doesn't make that doesn't even make sense because the whole root of the read of the Bigfoot and get up on your good foot, which is a part that, that she has in the song, is mm -hmm. that she has one bad foot because she got shot. That's the that's the right. play on words. Okay. So it doesn't make sense. Well, her response to that in particular is that um, 
her she she said the Bigfoot line because of the glass fragments. She thinks that Megan did get glass fragments in her feet. But my thing is, how did, would she even have gotten glass fragments in her feet if if there was no? But the but that's not the question. I mean, if, I mean, we could, we could discuss what y'all want to discuss. But in me discussing it on my own platform, um, I kept the same stance that I'm going to keep here. I I see psychosis. Um, of course, I can't, uh, no, seriously, of course, I can't officially diagnose her, but I watched all the lives and all of that just for social media, just for my content. And um, how to, uh, uh, I can't diagnose her, of course, you know, because I've never met the woman in person. I've never been able to evaluate her, but based on what I've seen, crazy, like asylum worthy, like, um, could do a stay. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if she's done a stay in a mm. mental health facility. You know, it was very much given that. But also keep in mind, she is, too, a classically trained actress. So you're saying, like, this is her character, part of her character? If I had the authority, I would I would want to evaluate her immediately. <laughs> Look, I'm, it, I'm getting I'm getting um, dissociative identity. I'm getting um, no, I'm getting real psychosis i'm i'm getting the impression that some of these and you have to keep her story in mind as well you know um and she's open about the fact that she's not completely open about her story that's why it's a big deal for her fans when they get another album because with each album she gives them a track and it's usually not a radio friendly track but she gives them a track where she tells them a little bit more she just gives them a little bit more um but we do know that she grew up with a drug addicted father who who was on crack cocaine you know, crackhead who had set the house on fire. You know, um, you know, a lot of us have crackhead parents. It is what it is. But, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I, I really see psychosis. I even in the different personalities, I get the impression that her emotional development is stunted, and that you know, physically, biologically, she's a forty-one-year-old woman, but psychologically, maybe not so much. So, uh, my. And my answer to your question is, um, yes, um, I think female rappers are judged differently than male rappers. But did this go too far? I don't think it did. Um, I I am a person who feels like um, it can, it can go too far for some people and you have the right to stop listening and you have a right to not engage because everybody's too far is different. It's related to the person who is listening and who is who, you know, some people think, oh, you bring up somebody dead mama, that's too far. Some people think of you bring up somebody's abuse, that's too far. If you do what like a Eminem did and talk about, um, didn't he talk like rap about raping people and shit like that? I don't know. Somebody was rapping about raping people. That was Eminem, yes. Yes, and so some people think that that's too far. Um, I'm of the mindset that um, too far is taking it out of the art. <laughs> too far is taking it into real life and you killing and you harming and doing real things to to people. That's that's what's too far. But if 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 we're putting it in rhymes on a track and going back and forth, I feel like everybody is going to be trying to one up. So it's on, it's only an inevitable that somebody is going to cross the line or use whatever it is to that 
we think is in a, that we think is inappropriate. If she's somebody that believes her husband, like whatever his story is about the situation with how he got on the sex offender, if she believes her husband and clearly she married him yes. and had yeah. babies by him, blah, blah, blah. So clearly she, and she has done things that seem kind of witchy to me in regards to silencing his victim and all that kind of stuff. So right. because of those things, she might believe, and especially if we talk about she might be, you know, have some mental issues. She might believe her husband. And so if you're coming after her family, to her, that is too far. That is crossing the line. So if I'm going to one-up you, I might talk about your traumatic situation, which is you getting shot by this dude. I might mm -hmm. go that far. And I'm not saying that it is right or wrong. I don't, that's not how I think about it. I just feel like my... My mantra is, ain't no rules in love and war. Whatever I need to do to get my love, I'm going to do it. Whatever I need to do to win this war, I'm going to do it. Everybody has the um, chivalry and say, oh, it's a, it's an honorable way to do things. War ain't never honorable. I don't care what nobody's saying. War ain't never honorable. And if we reading, we reading. <laughs> That's okay. what it is. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah, to to be fair. And you know, I, I love your perspective, by the way. I, I love that. And that is that has completely given me something to think about. I love that whole idea of um it's not going too far until you take it out of the music. I absolutely love that quote. I do think there's a double standard, obviously, when it comes to women MCs, you know what I mean? Period. That's just what it is. But do I think I don't know. I don't know. I think she took it too far, like personally, but I get what you're saying in terms of the art, like has she taken it too far? But I also think we're in different times. I think the way people consume art is not the same in the in the same way. Um, because of social media, I feel like social media just changed a lot of things because it's like a lot closer to reality than the art. Do you get what I mean? Or the expectation is for the art to be closer to, oh, that's too fake. Like the suspension of disbelief that happens in art is almost like, not supposed to be there for a lot of people um and then it kind of becomes this kind of revolving door between the artist and what's being consumed and the people that own all the shit and we too involved in the beef because you know? of social media like the fans yeah, exactly. we adding our teeth and pushing yeah. her and that the fans is pushing her to yeah. go into this like if, I don't want to call it psychosis. I don't know that woman. Yeah. <laughs> but <Right. laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, we all got you know, we all got our trauma and stuff like that. And it shows yeah. in different ways. We talk about her mom being her dad, mom, her mom passed, yo, you know what I'm saying? And talking about her getting shot. I guess it's fair game at the end of the day, but at the same time, it's like I, you know, me personally, I think that's too far, but that's I guess for art. For art's sake, I guess it's not too far. For uh, beef's sake, I, here's my question. I didn't. Okay, I'm gonna be 100. I haven't listened to it yet. Is it good, or does she have jabs? Because Nicki Minaj in rap battles usually loses in terms of skill. So, Ooh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, and baby, the verdict is even from yeah. her own fan base that she lost this round. Okay, 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 okay. What, okay, she looking like. Her her fan base is coming with no. This is just the warning shot. This is just the warning shot. She just sparring. Oh, make, make okay. <laughs> you know, but yeah, this this Bigfoot was was a hot ass mess, honey. Garbage, yeah. garbage. That's what I'm saying, though. So then, is it art if she can't really rap that well and just come out here taking shots? 
Is no, I don't think hard. she. I don't. I don't think she can't rap. No, I don't. I think. I mean, I'm not saying rap. she can't rap at but all. But this, this, like, this little song is corny, whack, and gross and stupid. Absolutely. <laughs> the, funny part, the funny part is she actually is a good battle rapper. But I think when the pressure is on, I, I think she's a good battle rapper. Listen, hear me out. She actually could be a good okay. rapper. <laughs> and she is legitimately a good battle rapper when she is taking shots subliminally. Like on a lot of those songs that y'all hear, and she's like, um, you know, these bitches and da 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 da. She's really genuinely. Is that what battle rapping, rapping is? Though battle rapping is a battle. <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, the well, of a battle rap has, is like she has the potential. What what I think <laughs> it is is that um, when she's under pressure, yeah, she can't. Yeah, she lost to Remy, and so far she is losing to Megan. And and yeah, but the point that I want to make, but before we go on to the to the next topic, point out last point I want to make about this is that it's fair to say that she can be absolutely crazy still, and this and and everything that um we've all said be true that she is a great that she is a great artist and not a great battle rapper, um, you know it is very common if you know anything about art history in general, honey, just with the Europeans alone, honey. Baby, it's very common for the artistic to be crazy, for the creative to, you know, have a mental health diagnosis, you know. <laughs> this is getting real ableist. It feeling real ableist, honey. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not intended, I'm not intended, I'm not intended to be ableist. Can somebody disable be an ableist though? Yes. Yes. Just, yes. Like, just like Tim Scott said, I love you, boss. He's black. He's still black. Yes. I was told to be myself, honey. And you you can. I'm just saying. It's just like, ooh. I, I, said, I said, well, look, she, she is a mental health professional. Baby, I'm, honey, like, I, I'm ready. Standing I'm in your eye statements. I'm I'm ready for the smoke and I'm ready for a battle. Whoever wants to try me, honey, come come on, come on. Let's let's talk about it. Let's Never. talk about the points. Let's point out where these where I'm getting this impression. But you know what? I will say this. Listen, I will say this. I will say this because a lot of it too, though. Let's be clear: is social structure piece, right? It's like the social structure says this is how we talk about ableism, and this is what acceptable or not acceptable. I'm not saying that I don't disagree with you, Diamond. On I'm like, ooh, girl. Like, but, but, I, but I do think, but I do think there's something to the fact that as a person who has a disability and might key key with other people that do, and this is the language we use, you know, that's the language we use. And just because that's not the formal language we use when we have the formal thing, you know what I'm saying? Don't necessarily make, you know, I don't know. I think it is some nuance in there, but I also am like, ooh, girl, like. You are entitled to your opinion about the mental state of Nicki Minaj. Exactly. <laughs> and I and I made it clear that I can't give a true professional opinion. This is all just, you, you know, um, <laughs> honey baby. I forgot what I was gonna say now. Y'all done got me so <laughs> I'm no, I'm, I'm anti-censorship. I feel like censorship is an invention of the white devil. Now that's another topic. So we ready to roll to me posing the question to the audience. Yes. All right. <laughs> is Nicki Minaj bad shit crazy <laughs> or not? <nah? laughs> Y'all, 
<laughs> Y'all in these odd statements with these odd statement questions from yourself. I stand firm. Ain't my question. <laughs> I'm not fooling with y'all. I'm not fooling. I'm not, I'm not cutting up and caring with y'all, honey. I, <laughs> I didn't already, child, honey. I didn't already put my foot in my mouth tonight. Um, but I want to know, listeners. I'm genuinely curious. Do y'all think that Nikki went too far, or do you think that she's being judged too harsh because she's a woman? Let us know. Let us know how you feel. Let us know in the comments. Let us know in the chat. Let us know online. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. That's hashtag M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Okay, so have y'all watched any shows on Tubi? Yeah. Are you supposed to have watched shows? Yeah, I love the mess. Messy C and uh, Transworld Atlanta, of course, I watch. Same, same, same. I've seen Transworld Atlanta, Diamond. Y'all know this is where my anti-blackness come out. Come on, you light-skinned um, anti-blackness. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so there is a lot. If y'all knew the movies that I avoid, y'all probably would revoke my black card. There's movies that, I, <laughs> that are too chitlin circuit for me and Tubi oh. is one Tubi has a lot of those chitlin circuit movies there is you know it's just some stuff that i just i'm like i can't i just can't well diamond um, yeah i'm glad you said that because you know i'm i just recently learned about how Tubi is intentionally a chitlin circuit network for black people to bring black eyes mm. to give money to particularly fox news oh Fucking lie. And we know that Fox News and those conservatives use that money to hate on us and try to make our lives hell and turn us into, you know. Wait, Fox owns Tubi? Let's get into it. Can you play the clip <laughs> that we have? Listen to me, black people. You built Fox Broadcasting, which gave them the financial wherewithal to be to get the NFL. They get the NFL, build up the financial wherewithal to launch Fox News. Now we're living in a digital world, and what is Tubi doing? Black content, black content, black content, black content. They dropping black. All the, ooh, I see all the Instagram posts, the Twitter posts. My movie on Tubi, my movie on Tubi, movie on Tubi. And guess what? They numbers are blowing up. When Fox first started, as y'all know, it had In Living Color and several other black shows. And Living Color did a halftime show for the first time before the NFL was doing a halftime show. And that brought all these... A live show. It was a live halftime. show. Yeah. Yes. And that brought all these eyes to Fox. Fox didn't used to have the NFL. It wasn't as big of a network. When they did that, that's what brought the NFL over to Fox. That's what brings all this stuff. And next thing you know, ain't no more in Living Color. Ain't no more Rock. Ain't no more all these black shows that uh, built the network. And there's they're using a sim, and they use that money, right, that they use from like the NFL, giving them that foundation to fund Fox News. And we know with Fox News funds, people that want our demise. <laughs> so, like we know that for a fact. Ain't no question around that. 
them people over there use that for propaganda for white nationalists and all that kind of stuff, right? Transphobes, the whole bit. That's all they do over there. And so apparently with Tubi, um, they're using the same format, which is using black folks um, in particular, specifically, right? Uh, they're using that with, they're doing Fox Soul is also owned by Fox. So between Fox Soul and Tubi, we're funding our opposition, right? Because the eyes that watch, you know, it's free, quote unquote, but that's what brings the advertisers. So the more people that watch Tubi, the more money Fox gets. The more people that watch Fox Soul, the more money that Fox gets. And they use that money to try to kill us. <laughs> so, like, so it got me to thinking, like, I know it's not easy to like boycott things. Um, I know it can be complicated, right? Uh, I'm, I would uh, I'm imagine for creatives who might be utilizing Tubi or might be utilizing uh, being a part of Fox Soul. Uh, there's a lot of black, queer, and trans people involved with both, um, you know, but that's part of the reason they're giving us the platform is <laughs> because they know we're going to watch um, and bring that advertising money. So my question, first of all, do y'all got some questions about that y'all thoughts on that just in general <laughs> like because that's kind of wild but no i just want to give a little bit of clarity on the in living color thing so what happened was the part that i know about um yeah. the super bowl was happening and they normally didn't have that you would have like a little halftime show but it wasn't like popping like it is now and what happened was um, in Living Color did a live show during the Super Bowl and they right. stole 10% of the viewership, which is major because right. during the Super Bowl, that's like the biggest thing happening on TV. Like hundreds so, of millions of viewers. Exactly. Yeah. So for, for this black comedy sketch show to come and take 10% of the lip viewership, that's wild and crazy. So it led to them investing in doing, putting more money into the halftime show and the halftime show being bigger than what it is. And then, then NFL growing and then going to Fox. And so, right. yeah. So, but it's like everything else in this country, we are more than likely most of the shit that has become big and become major on, even on their side, is in response to our greatness, in response to us. Um, so you're saying that in Living Color was competing with the with the Super Bowl? Yes. <laughs> it it was not intentionally, like they just didn't they didn't do it. It was just on Sunday. It was just on the time that it happened. But they was like, oh, okay, well, we know that fucking um you know, we know that the Super Bowl is going to happen, so we're really not expecting a lot of stuff. So at least we can try this live thing. And if it no, doesn't work, if it doesn't work, then, you know, we can be like, oh, everybody was watching the fucking um, Super Bowl. Well, anyway. But it mm -hmm. actually worked. And they were, but it's in Living Color, the brilliance of the Wayans, <laughs> and you know, oh. and all the people that we had on in Living Color. Exactly. So it exactly. actually worked, and they took, um, and they took 10% of the viewership, which is major. Yes. Right. And so that's what led to Fox landing the NFL because the NFL used to only be on ABC for Monday Night Football and uh, CBS. I don't even think it was on uh, NBC at that time. It might have been on NBC, but it definitely was on like CBS and ABC for Monday Night Football. So like Fox, Fox getting the NFL was like that's what made it a network, a real network, because it kind of came out of nowhere. You know, kind of like the WB kind of came out of nowhere. Fox okay, came out of nowhere. 
you know, um, and they had Rock, South Central. They had a lot of really important shows, really critical shows. And those are the shows that got taken off. <laughs> they just like, be good, you know. Um, but this question around like, you know, boycotting, like divesting from companies that we know are anti-black, anti-gay, anti-trans, and actively trying to work to like support people that want us to be eliminated. Like not even like for fake eliminated, like a lot of people that support these policies in a lot of states that are passing policies against trans people, they're, you know, that's getting propagated on Fox. And we're paying for it when we watch Tubi. We're paying for it when we're uh, investing in Fox O. So my question for you all, uh, for you both and for the audience is like, yeah, like how do you, how have you, first of all, have you ever had to boy, have you ever boycotted anything for a significant amount of time? And like, how do you think about negotiating that? Not just like abstractly, right? Like if I was in that situation, but just like for real right now, because you know, we about to go on twenty twenty four, and we some of us in inadvertently we're paying for the people to like harm us, right? So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I absolutely do boycott still to this day. Um, I tend to be one of those people. I'm I'm more long term boycott situation. You know, um, I don't even want to call out the companies that I boycott because I don't want to give them any free promotion. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 a boycott girl. Like I just for me, uh, for me, I'm just genuinely one of those people who I will lo genuinely lose interest. I genuinely lose interest in artists. I genuinely lose interest in businesses. I genuinely lose interest in restaurants and things when I find unfair treatment. You know, being being um a brown girl, being darker complexed, being chubby, being trans. You know, I'm. I, I stand with the underdog, you know, um, and yeah, but for me, I also am aware of the fact that a lot, if not most people don't think like I do, um, you know, and we all have a different compass and spectrum of acceptability. Um, so and I think about, and I think about Chick-fil-A and I think about how common it is for me to even see Chick-fil-A at um lgbtq plus events mm -hmm. um so so yeah so I, I i i don't have a lot of hope and faith in it for me it's just sad and disappointing um i did hear the news about Tubi, um but still processing it um and again sad and disappointed you know um fun fact i was hit up by a Tubi producer to do a reality show um when i first started blowing up TikTok. Um, but but yeah, I I just feel bad about it. You know, my people are literally still getting lynched. We are still commonly being lynched people in 2024. If you don't believe me, honey, search Google search hanging deaths and click hanging deaths and click on news. Don't just read any article. Read read the reputable sources. Um did, did it take you when it came to Chick-fil-A, for example, did it take you a second to stop going there or like this situation with Tubi? Do you think you're going to have to take a second to stop watching your shows on Tubi? And that's or how if you're watching Fox O, like, is it going to take you a second to kind of negotiate that? Or are you going to talk to your people? Like, I'm how not, does it work I'm for not, you? 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and and pretend you know that um that I'm some moral high law. I do have to negotiate with myself, and I do have to um, also take into factors and considerations like even when they are pandering to us, there are black people being employed, and there is black representation. You know, with with these um, TV networks, for example, you know that's that's a new that that's a black actor getting paid this season. You know, it's not a whole cast of black actors. So I do have to negotiate with myself. I, I do have to, and like Chick-fil-A, for example, I couldn't really give up Chick-fil-A, honestly, until I essentially learned the secrets to that recipe. And if I crave it that much, honey, I can I can make it shake in my own kitchen. <laughs> what what and about the secret, you? And the oh. secret, by the way, um, everybody, is pickle juice. Honey, if you soak the chicken in pickle juice, it, it goes through a process where the pickle juice actually penetrates the chicken skin and allows it to marinate. Earlier, you mentioned uh, war is never honorable, right? It's like like we got like sometimes we got to be inconvenienced to fight for our freedom and 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 for us to survive. And I think we're like a very comfortable generation of people <laughs> who can say a lot, but the action on it is is not as easy all the time. Um, what about you? What are your thoughts? So, so we all negotiate this shit. So in my brain, I, I, what I'm negotiating is my particular joy and my discomfort. So there are certain things that bring me so much joy that it is absolutely, I'm not going to boycott this because this particular thing brings me so much joy that I'm just not going to stop doing it because my mental health is first and foremost for me. So if it brings me to the level of joy that it's a part of my self-care for myself, I'm probably not going to give it up. That's just what it is. Now, but if it's just, oh, it just brings, it's cool. I enjoy it, but it's, um, and it would kind of be annoying for me to lose it. Those type of things I'm willing to give up, but it has to be something really, really high on my list. Let me give you a perfect example. So I love Monique on a certain level, but I was never going to um, um, boycott Netflix. I wasn't going to do it because there are certain things on Netflix that I freaking love <laughs> and I like watching it. I, you know, Netflix, Hulu, um, you know, HBO, I, th those are my three favorite platforms when it comes to my favorite shows and my favorite content. And because of what I like, the enjoyment that I get from some of the shows, I'm probably not gonna, um, gonna boycott them ever. Um, mm -hmm. but I have boycotted Chick-fil-A and this will hurt my heart. I have boycotted Papa John's. Because mm -hmm. of the because of their support for Trump, I Papa John's is my favorite pizza, and so me being a, a big girl, I love my vittles, honey. So that was a discomfort for me. But I just went and found. I just now I just go to our, my local pizza, which is Frank's, because I love Frank's too. And so I just instead of me taking the easy route and getting some Papa John's, what I love, I just have to leave my house because they don't deliver. Frank's doesn't deliver to my house. I have to do the uncomfortableness of going to Frank's. If, if I want pizza, I have to actually get in an Uber and go get Frank's. I'm willing to do that discomfort 
to not support Papa John's. So, mm-hmm. but let, another element too. Um, so like R. Kelly. So I have deleted all of R. Kelly's music out of my everything. So anything, mm-hmm. any files of R. Kelly is out. Anytime I'm in an Uber, if they play R. Kelly, I tell them to cut it off. And the one of the reasons, because I'm also somebody who does feel like I can separate the art from the artist. Um, but in R. Kelly's situation, when I'm listening to his music, because it's so close about sex and relationships and da 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 da, I immediately think about the women that he harmed. I think about Aaliyah. I think about his wife. I think about the abuses. So I can't enjoy this art anymore because it's so connected. You got songs called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. You got songs, Seems Like You're Ready. You got these things. That I'm like, oh, while those songs hold a special place in my memory bank in my past, it makes me think about all those things. So I can't deal with that. And I don't, it makes me uncomfortable. So boom. But on the flip side, I totally enjoy watching old episodes of The Cosby Show. I totally enjoy watching Heathcliff Huxtable and Claire Huxtable, their relationship and their them battling with the kids and Rudy, just the fun, loving nature of the Cosby show. But why mm-hmm. I can enjoy it is because that dynamic of that art, that show, it doesn't make me think about Bill Cosby raping people. Yeah. It doesn't make me, because it's not about that. It's not connected <laughs> to that. It's more... It's it's most of it is about comedy and the joy of it. So I can still enjoy. Um, now I'm not gonna watch Cosby Show on a platform because I feel like that's directly something. But if it's like on somebody's obscure YouTube channel, I can watch it in that in, in that regard. So that's where I kind of I want to say draw the line, but that's the kind of nuance how it goes with me. I do want to speak to. Um, something you mentioned earlier, like Papa John's, for example, Diamond. Um, I've had a similar experience where. Um, at one point in time, I could only really afford Papa John, and it was closest to my house. Um, and sometimes Papa John was even cheaper than me going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I had points and and all of that. You know, you know how the thrifty saving girls do. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to bring that up because for a lot of us black and brown people, when it comes to negotiating boycotts, that is a factor. Being right. just, you know, um, many of us live in food deserts throughout this country. So mm-hmm. how can you boycott Kroger if Kroger is your only option within right. a 40 mile radius? Um, you know, um, but I also want to bring up the psychological component to networks like Tubi and Fox and this whole conglomerate and, you know, um, brands, rebranding and all of these things. When you have network like Fox, for example, and they do have black programming, another thing that I want you all to consider when negotiating these boycotts is that, you know, Mass Singer, for example. Mass Singer is a family show, very enjoyable show. I used to be a huge fan of the show, but recently I've noticed some particular television programming they've been doing. Whenever a lot of Republican political figures get in trouble, one of the things that they do is they're welcomed on the mass singer. And that is like a quick way to, um, you know, rehab their, regain, their, regain, yeah. Yeah, regain public fa- favor, you know, and, and re- regain um, your fan base. 
um, like they did that recently with Neo and um, Macy Gray on the same season, for example, and they're both, after they were both accused of being anti-trans. And I also want you to keep in mind when negotiating things like TV networks is that advertisers, there are specific advertisers that a network as big as Fox will allow and there's advertisers that they won't. Nine out of 10 times at a network like Fox, they're even going to promote other brands that share their political views. They're going to promote brands that also fund similar politicians. They're going to promote brands and nothing else. They're going to sell a whole bunch of white owned shit to black people. Yeah, I mean, we are. I mean, I think is. I mean, I want to be clear. Like we, I mean, that's a whole another conversation. How we as black people like consume probably more than most people do in this country, and need to just like I, I, I think one thing sometimes we all forget in our community is that racism is a product of capitalism. It's not the other way around. It's not that capital. It don't work that way. Racism is a function of capitalism, right? And so like. We can't, it, it, there's no world where we're just talking about racism and it's just independent of the money. Racism's about the money, okay? And so like, that's why we were free labor. We were labor and it was free. That was about the money. Our brothers, our sisters, our siblings who are incarcerated, who are building the furniture and the desk, and that's about money. You know what I'm saying? So um, um, I just think it's important to remember because I think it's easy to kind of, a part of the Is scheme, it all about? Is the it all about is, is separating them? Is it always all about money, Jay? Because yes. there are psychologists who would argue that um, that that it could be um, biologically predisposed. They they could be biologically predisposed. To, I think um, prejudice is biologically. I think prejudice, obviously, prejudice is its own thing. But I'm saying racism. I mean, biologically, how it functions here is a product of capitalism. I mean, bi biologically predisposed, like like there are some people and, and this is completely misogynistic um, and uh, because women aren't included in this conversation even. But um, there are a lot of people who argue that um, that penis envy um, and foul and, and uh, the white man's obsession with fallacies is a contributor to why they they dislike the race some people um have argued i mean that there's a lot of a lot in my, in my in my understanding there's a lot of reasons uh that uh the myth of whiteness comes up to make sense of you know treating up human beings inhumanely you have to come up a way to justify it so we're white they black right and you have to come up with other reasons to justify it including all these other things that we that we're talking about like you're talking about oh, penis envy and all this other stuff that, that it's not like it existed before we had this contact and this whole setup around capitalism it's capitalism it was the triangle trade it wasn't just i hate black people <laughs> it was i'm coming here to get these black people because we got some land that we stole from some other people and killed them and we need people to work that land to make money and give us rum and sugar and tea and, and all these things, right? And cotton and rice and all that kind of stuff, right? Because and coffee, you know. So like these are these are those things, you know what I'm saying? And to justify yeah. and to justify that capitalism, I make up things like penis race. envy and race and and and, right. and and make up these this cognitive dissonant reasons of why this racism exists but so, it's to maintain the capitalism 
Exactly. And to your point, it is a, it is somewhat of a psychosis, right? Like Diamond just said, right? I make up these things, this mindset that I've got to get this buy-in from people and people buy into it, including us sometimes, right? And that's kind of how you sustain it. My argument to that would be what so what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, did um did racism come? Was racism there that made them even consider going all the way to Africa to get people versus taking your fellow Europeans? Well, they did take they them. They <laughs> <laughs> Right, that just wasn't sustainable. And just, and they didn't. They When they killed off a lot of the indigenous people that were in different parts that they went to, they enslaved those people too. They just didn't have the people. They needed people because they wanted to make some money. Right? And so they had to justify the reason. Because even like how we talk about race has evolved, like all the ster- most of the stereotypes about black people now lazy shiftless all that's after slavery because before we were products that built things and made things and were mm-hmm. strong and could do things you know what i'm saying but because we were we, great workers and exactly. we, we could do we could work from sun up to sundown exactly. we, we weren't lazy exactly. at all like you'll you'll exactly. get a good breeding mare out of this one exactly <laughs> so now we don't want to work for free we got vagrancy laws and things uh. like that will pick you up for standing on the corner and put you in jail. And now that you're in jail, you can be on the chain gang to continue to work for free because mm-hmm. of that exception in that 13th Amendment around people being incarcerated. So it's all about the money. Anyway, we got to follow the money. Uh, I know boycotting is not easy. Bree, you brought up some really good points around like, you know, you got to negotiate. If you got to eat, you got to eat. For myself, I boycotted that Taco Bell and uh, 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 KFC for a long time because of the MLO worker strikes around the tomato picking and all that. Um, you know, and I think the more the more of us talk about it, in my opinion, the more of us talk about it and support one another around certain boycott stuff, we can help to compensate because um, every little bit helps around like boycotts and stuff because they start to listen. The NFL didn't lose everybody, but they lost enough enough people where they were like, oh, shit, we got to talk about black, black. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was enough, you know. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think. Um, yeah. Shocking news to me. I did not know that Tubi was owned by Fox. And we know Fox do not like us. So what are y'all <laughs> thoughts around boycotting and how have you negotiated that um, in the past? Uh, let us know. Are you boycotting Tubi and Fox? So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Hit us up. Hashtag Marsha's Play. I've been running across a lot of content that's talking about side chicks and mistresses and you know and a a lot of women who have been cheated on talking about the mindset of the other woman and so i wanted to kind of bring that conversation to y'all just to see what y'all thought about it if y'all have been in relationships where y'all were the one who was the main person who got cheated on and if you was a person who was like the side piece that was you know, enabling the adulterer or participating in the adultery. Um, So, of course, from the perspective of, you know, the main squeeze, any person that is having an affair with their significant other is going to be trash. (laughs) They're going to think, yeah, that just comes with the nature of it. They're going to think negatively of them, of course. Um, That's kind of natural. So, but... Every time I hear these videos, I I hear them saying things like, oh, they're jealous of me. They wanted to be in my position. And while those things for certain people can be true as a, 
you know, <laughs> as somebody who is a, a trans woman, and I'm not saying this is everybody experience because this is not, um, we're not a monolith, but, you know, it's really likely that I've been a lot of people's mistresses. I've been a lot of people because of down low men and fetishization. I've been the side piece for a lot, a lot of, a lot of situation. And, and also being an ex sex worker. Well, I hate saying ex sex work. Like I won't turn a trick. I'll turn a trick now if it's the money is right, but <laughs> that's in my yeah. toolbox. So as, as a, as a, um, what 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 is something that means you're dormant <laughs> as a as a non a non actively acting sex worker? Oh, I am. Yes, you're not currently on tour. Sabbatical, as a sex worker on sabbatical, um, I have been in situations where I knew that this was a married client, and currently now I have dudes that I deal with that. I know they married, but we it is just a it's just a sexual situation. So I wanted to, to ask y'all um about y'all experience if y'all have had experience on both sides, being the side piece and being the main person cheated on, and what were your thoughts around those things? Mm, honey. Well, you know I'm a black trans woman as well. So you can imagine that I have very likely seen it from both sides. And if you can't imagine that, I'm here to tell you I have. <laughs> For me, when it comes to sex work, that's a whole different thing. Especially if it's survival sex work. Um, you know, because some people do have other career options and choose sex work. But especially when it's survival sex work, honey, that's my core. I'm doing what I can to to eat and have somewhere to stay and all these things, baby. I wouldn't care if you was married to Mary Magdalene. I wouldn't care if you was married to you know, um, you know, Teresa, Mother Teresa, honey, we just going to have to pray on it. But when it comes to romance and when it comes to, you know, just just dealing with married people, I, I don't do that personally. Um, I'm not even really comfortable dealing with people who are in polyamorous, non-married relationships, you know. Um, for me... I um I I don't I'm just I'm just old fashioned in that way. I'm old fashioned in a lot of ways and I'm old fashioned in that way that I don't want to deal with nobody who's married because for one, I don't want the karma. I do believe in karma. Um and don't get me wrong, I have done it in my life. I have messed with people who were married. I was recently messing with a, dealing with a man who was legally married, but he had he didn't even know where his wife lived. Um and hadn't known for years. Um, and I've also been in situations like Does you said. Does that count? Huh? Does that count? To me, it didn't They're not count. like actively together. They're <laughs> separated. Yeah, to me, to me, to me it didn't. Out, outside of him and survival situations where I've had to essentially turn a trick, um, I, I don't deal. I don't deal with married people. Um, I had when I was younger. And I feel like that could potentially contribute to the karma um, and why I've been cheated on. Um, but as, as of this day, I vet people very heavily. It would be kind of hard. It would be very hard for me to end up in a romantic situation with you not knowing that you're married at this point, but in dating and then hooking up and just being single and flings, I have commonly found that a lot of those guys have been married or in relationships, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm single now, because 
so many people that I've been coming across since I've been single um, have either been married or in relationships. Um, so, so yeah, I've been there. I've been on both sides. And when I was cheated on that I know of, cause it's probably happened more than once. That's another thing. When I was cheated on, um, she was trash and she was all of the things. When I've been the person who was involved in the cheating, it's always been situations where, honestly, I had to blame it on the other party. I had to blame it on the person in the relationship because I went into it unknowingly, you know, except maybe once when I was young, when I was like in my early 20s. I don't. I had sex with a married man one time. But other than that, no, it's not my vibe. I don't feel comfortable doing it. I want to be number one. I'm very demisexual. I need your attention outside of the bedroom if I'm even going to be interested in the bedroom. Um, and and no, I'm not getting involved with nobody's marriage. That's that's your personal business. I'm going to mind my business. What about you, Jay? Yeah, ish. I'm ish. I've, I've kind of been in these situations, I guess, ish. Um, I definitely was like, I want to avoid a situation with someone who is partner or married rather when I was younger in my lesbian thespian days, as we talked about earlier, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Cause I would see so many, particularly like more mass folks, masculine center women who would be with straight women and shit would be good. The sex would be good, but blah, 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 but it'd just be some weird ass dynamics oftentimes uh, leading to people getting jumped or fucked with or all kinds of stuff. And so that for me, uh, for a, a long period of my life, even, especially even after I transitioned for a minute, I was just like, oh, that's like straight. So that's why I was like straight people, not even just like, you know, people being with people. I'm just saying like I saw that the most when I with people who were messing with straight people. I didn't see it as much within the community, right? Like I didn't see as much of cheating. I, I feel like because the community's too small for all that, even though people do cheat within the community. But um Diamond, you were shaking your head. What what are you gonna say? No, I yes, I think that I think that's where I lie. Like what you're talking about dealing with I'm never gonna be in a in a mistress situation with like a gay or gay. Right. In community, I'm going to, me, because of how I get down, I'm probably going to be in a situation with a cis man who is identifying as straight, who has a, who has a wife and blah, blah, blah. I'm mm -hmm. never in a situation where I'm dealing with, mm -hmm. within the community. So I'm going to always be in that situation. And I can see that being, you know, toxic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like I mentioned, when we talked about the poly stuff, like, you know, my, my partner at the time was like, I identify as Polly. And I was like, oh, okay, but like, you know, you kind of stepped out a minute ago and we did not resolve that yet. Um, but they felt like a part of their identity and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, and so that's kind of why I say ish. It was like, mm -hmm. yeah, and like, yeah, whatever. Because it was like, we're in this queer partnership. Bye, 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 bye. So we're trying to communicate, but you still didn't give a fuck. But <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's still, you know, a lot of love and respect there. So that's why I say it's ish. Uh, but it did not feel good. I'll say that. But um, I, still I, love, that, I still got love and respect for the man that cheated on me. But Jay, it sounds like you was cheated on him. Yeah, I know I was. Um, and so, but I'm just saying, um, so and the person that they were with is not like uh, the person they're with, I think they're a dope person, blah, blah, blah. 
And I honestly think it would have been, I think they were a good fit for them at the time. It's just my trust was not there in the, at that time. So it wasn't like I did, I did actually did not mind. My thing is we had this breach before that did not feel good and we're not on the same page yet. Do I care if you're with this person who's a good fit and probably can meet your needs in a way I can't right now? No, but I don't feel comfortable yet. <laughs> that's kind of where I was at. So that's why I say ish. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because there was some room that was there, um, you know, because I was, you know, in, in that structure. But I did, in you know, mess around with somebody who was married, didn't realize I was messing around with somebody that was married. I thought they were separated, but they were like still legally married. But uh, but for all intents and purposes, kind of separated. But I also still felt kind of way, some kind of way, because it was kind of like not the most open situation. I was like, uh-uh, I, gotta, I can't, I can't. That does not feel good for me. Again, going back to the being traumatized, seeing so many people in my younger years kind of have these situations where they were dating somebody straight and they had to keep it on the low and they were stressed the fuck out having great sex and then something blew up and now you got a situation you know um sometimes living with people and sh- you know just you know uh cake in house you know i just uh-uh, not me i uh, for me i i i'm not playing devil's advocate i'm the devil <laughs> I, 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 I am. I am. There is certain situations where I know what I'm getting into, and I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I, th- my rules about it is, I am not. I don't. I don't deal with people, men that I know. Like if I'm, and not just know, like cl- I'm close to you. Like if I'm, like if I go to work with you every day, and I'm not friends with you, but I'm not messing with some bitch husband that go to work with me. I'm mm. not messing with a hus- anybody that's in my circle. And that's not on no moral shit. That's on some arrogant shit. I don't want no bitch thinking I'm running behind her. I'm too arrogant <laughs> for that. <laughs> I'm too there. That's a pride thing for me where I don't want you thinking I'm running behind you and chasing after your man. No, I don't okay. like that. That's that's a that's a, a pride thing for me. Um, but <laughs> if it's somebody that I don't know, I've been in situations where um, a dude was honest about the situation up front and I don't know her and I don't, I've never met her, <laughs> but he tells me he's married up front in our situation and he's fine. He got some money and it's not about, um, survival. I'm not just wanting his money cause I'm trying to survive. It's he got some money and I like fucking with niggas with money, whether it's survival <laughs> or not. <laughs> and so I like what he got going on. He, he, I also respect motherfuckers being honest. So he keep it up. He keep it a buck with me. I keep it a buck with him, and we do our thing. I know what I'm getting into, and so I've been in those situations, and I was okay with it. I've also been in situations where, and I think this is a, a residual of me being a sex worker. I don't ask niggas about their relationship. I just don't. Mm. That's not. I don't. When it like it's just like with clients, I don't ask you about if you married. I don't care. I'm not. We're. I'm just getting to know you and asking you and asking you and getting to know you. Don't involve your personal relationship right here in the beginning. So there's been situations where I'm dating. Date. I'm. I'm getting to know somebody and we have a relationship. We start getting sexual and we enjoy each other's company. The sex is good and. We we both ain't looking for nothing, and that we stay in that situation for a uh, you know a long period of time, and then 
year two, year one, because I usually fuck dudes who I fuck with for a long. If I find some good sex, I usually deal with that same person for a while, even if it's not a serious relationship, because I'm a person who ha- like has a particularly specific sexual nature. And so when I find somebody that match, which is really rare, I like to keep that person, even if it's not a relationship. So I will date them and we be hooking up for a long period of time. And then in random conversation, uh, the marriage will come up. And I'm not thinking, you can, and I know that sometimes when you're a side piece, you are almost like a, uh, therapy, not therapy, but um, like a massage or like a a break from an outlet, an outlet, an outlet, a break. A, you know, just like he would pay for a massage, he come take me out for a dinner and we get a nut, a nut or two. That's the same thing. It's a it's a stress relief, an outlet. And so sometimes niggas, because of my personality, they will vent to me about their relationships and. I'm not jealous of no wife. I'm not jealous of them. I'm not even literally not thinking about them. Like, I don't even, there are some questions that I'll ask like, oh, well, you know, just as see kind of the in-depth perspective of what they got going on. But it has, my relationship with him literally has nothing to do with her. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm never going to be doing it to in the hopes that he's going to be my man. Cause I'll never be with somebody that I'm, I'm their mistress because I know that if you do it to her, you'll do it to me. I'll never. And you know, yeah, there's relationships that have turned the mistress and turned into a wife that they did leave the wife. Yeah. But I don't think that that's, that's realistic for a trans woman to think. And so I'm never thinking that I'm going to, I never have hope that you're going to be of, there's going to be a future with us. Like I know what this is and it's never going to be nothing. So I'm not anywhere near thinking about her. Now, even, and I think like that when I was the one cheated on, I do not care about her. Like you made the commitments to me. I care about your betrayal. I care about our lack of trust now. I care about shit you did. I don't care what she looked like. I don't, I'm not thinking about, is she better than me? Is she, what does she have that I didn't have? I ain't thinking none of that shit. I'm thinking about you what the fuck happened? Yeah why, did you, yeah, why did you betray me? Like, why did you betray me? That's what it is. And in the situation where I was, I've only been cheated on once in my life. And in that situation, I was so hurt that I wasn't ready for the relationship to be done. So I stayed with the person, but that was a mistake. So I'll never do that again either. Because once you did it, once you broke that trust, my love for him just unraveled and unraveled and I was done. I should have left right when he did it, but because I was so in love and 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 just like, oh, my God, I'm not ready to be alone. And, oh, I'm going to go back out in this shitty pool, a dating pool, blah, 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 blah. And so I just wasn't ready. So I took him back. But by the time we were at the end of our relationship where I was done and cut him off, I was bringing in niggas in and having sex with him while he was downstairs asleep. I was doing some crazy shit I never would have done in a loving, respectful relationship. And so, so I say all of that to say this. I, in both of those situations, whether I am the one getting cheated on or the one that is doing, that is being the mistress, I'm literally never thinking about this dude's significant other. Like I'm never thinking about her on no positive or negative. I don't want to know anything about her. 
mm-hmm. anything. I don't mm-hmm. want to know anything. Audience, I want y'all to tell me if you have been the side piece, what are your thoughts about the significant other to the dude that you are fucking around with? And if you have been the cheater, if you have been the one cheated on, what are your thoughts about the side piece? Like, what is it outside of, oh, this bitch should have known the anger? What, like, what do you think about that person? Hashtag Marsha's Plate. I came home, be my side piece. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite side piece song is um, is David Hollister on the side. Have you ever heard that song? I don't even know. I remember that one. Oh, it's a, it's by David Hollister, and it's it's called On the Side. It's so fire. Listen to you it. Remember it's husband, it. husband. Yeah, it's husband. I like husband too. With um, yeah, Shirley Murdoch. Yeah, husband. Yes. Yeah, oh, as we lay. Listen, listen. I was listen. Let me tell you something, and do not put this part on the show. As we lay. Yeah, but I said we should have counted up the cost. Instead, we got lost. Okay, in the second. In the second. Okay. In the minute, yes. In the yes. hour, right. <laughs> as we lay, right. as we lay, yes. <laughs> give me, give me, give me euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Give me, give me, give me euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the And the high can never come down from What has been bringing y'all euphoria this week? Horror. Black horror, honey. Yes, black horror films, honey. Mm -hmm. Which one? Oh, I'm going. I'm going running for you. I'm going to run down my favorites. I also learned a fun fact that Night of the Living Dead was the first time that a black person played a leading role or played a significant role in a horror movie. Miguel. I don't. I can't think of the man's name. Wait. Wait. The Night, Night of the Living Dead, the original, the black and white. Yeah, Spider. Oh, the Night oh, of the Living Dead, God. the black and white. Oh, I don't remember the black and white. Okay, dope. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So fun fact. But yeah, um, Baby, Bones, uh, Dracula in the Hood, Leprechaun in the Hood, Tales from the Hood is my favorite. Tales from the Hood is is my favorite. After we get off of here, I'm actually going to check out Tales from the Hood 3. I've seen Tales from the Hood 2. (laughs) It's not great. Um, But yeah, all of those (laughs) Black Black, Candyman, um, all of the Candymans, I've seen all of the Candymans. Um, Yeah, Black Horror, that's what... I've been in my black horror bag. Here we go. I'm scared. Not me. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Not me. Not me. You don't Um, do horror films, Jay? Absolutely not. That's not, that is not what is bringing me euphoria this week. I'll be running away. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. What's bringing me? Let me not leave out. Let me not leave out Jordan Peele. I'm sorry. I got to give a shout out to Jordan. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? Um, Vampire in Brooklyn was on today. One bounce, but that's a whole another conversation about that capitalism. So I think some funny people on that now. But anyway, my bad. <laughs> Shit. Horror. Uh-uh. Um, my review for you this week is I've been connecting with um, 
you know, sometimes when people pass, you connect with more people. It's been a minute kind of thing. But I really just been really reconnecting with a lot of folks, a lot of my brothers um, back home and around the country. And that's really um, been good. You know what I'm saying? You know, because it's been a minute. I didn't get a chance to go to a lot of different conferences uh, the last couple of years and just be in spaces with a whole bunch of black trans people. Um, and so it's been good to like reconnect, be on video and just check in and get that love, get love down from some other black trans men and trans masculine folks. So mm. that's my euphoria this week. What about you, Diamond? Um, my euphoria this week is old friends. Like, um, so I'm kind of a hoarder. <laughs> I have, like I keep shit for no reasons. There's shit that I keep that I'm like, why are you keeping this shit? And so recently I have cleaned out my walk-in closet, just really throwing shit away and really just kind of getting it organized and uh, organizing my clothes is hanging up. Da, 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 da. So I just went through a bunch of stuff and was throwing it away. And I found a journal mm. from my me and my friends. It's my fr- it's not even my journal. This is how crazy I am. It's not even my journal. It is my best friend's journal. And I kept it because she has some of the most beautiful drawings and designs in here. And it was, it was, she was, when we were younger, she wanted to be a pageant girl, like a drag pageant girl. Mm -hmm. And in here, I want to show y'all too. First of all, she is an amazing artist. Look. Mm. She draws really, really well. And Mm. she does all kinds of like, like gown designs. This is like her sketchbook for gown designs. And because she wanted to do drag so bad when we were younger, she, here's one. Isn't that super cute? Just a bunch of gown designs. Mm -hmm. And this right here, do you see it? Do you see this writing? Mm -hmm. This is her pageant speech her very <laughs> first pageant speech where she was hi i'm your cont- i'm hailing from <laughs> indianapolis indiana and yeah. i am your contestant number five blah 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 blah. this is her speech and um, i kept this because this reminds me of how amazing my friend was and how i what i loved about her was that she was so artistic and she was so creative and she was just, she just was a dreamer like me. And I loved her for that. And this is her journal that she doesn't know I have. So for her birthday, I am going to get these things made into a collage because Mm. I think she thought that she lost it. And I don't remember, I didn't remember that I had it because um, I think we were like, she had got locked up and her stuff was at my house. And I, and then I, when she, during the time she was locked up, I took her stuff with me and through the whole thing, I still have her journal and she doesn't know that I have it. So for her birthday this year, I am more than likely going to um, make something, some (laughs) kind of birthday present out of this for her. But yes, my friend being, my old friends have been, the memories that this brought to me about my friend. Not this ain't got shit to do with me in here, but just her being creative and just what I loved about her and how she just was a kindred spirit is what brought me joy this week. Wow. Uh, Oh, that's so dope. So, all right, y'all, tell us what 
has been bringing y'all euphoria this week. Hashtag Marcia's Play, and we will see y'all next week. Thank y'all. See you soon. Later. Bye, y'all. Single child, less than free to be me. I want to travel the world and see the glory and see. Be the life that's just for me. But I walk it slim or I don't Let my body do whatever as long as it shows I'm happy, yeah, yeah, for me, yeah, yeah Single child, less than free to be me I wanna lay on a beach and give rich auntie tea Just living life in the lap of luxury Wake up when I want it, stay sleep if I don't Let my body do whatever as long as it shows I'm happy, yeah, yeah, for me, yeah, yeah Enjoy a one night stand Or one gentle thoughtful and handsome man Or a girl and a pearl Or a twirl with both, yeah I can stay home under covers alone Not watching a tone that you just wanna take wrong But what about money? Even when my money's getting funny I can spend it on me And not wet me in the morning I can do it and not give a shit It's all on me Do you feel me? Set my boundaries and peace of mind When I got time I will give you some time Just wait and let me Take care of me And shopping for me, just me Maybe my siblings My siblings My siblings And friends My pussy peace of mind and time Is all I'm protecting Did you hear me? My pussy peace of mind and my time Did you hear me? Single childless and free to be me Ate up like Girl Scout cookies and collard greens on Thanksgiving, but I'm quitting giving and giving and giving and giving and giving, then giving more. I'm not gonna be lonely or settle for a jabroni playing house in a theater. I'm not trying to earn a Tony like Viola Davis and fences, not nose and pretenses. Those emotional expenses, no thank you, I'll be single child, less than free to be me. I wanna travel the world and see the glory and see, be the life that's just for me. But I walk it slim or I don't Let my body do whatever as long as it shows I'm happy, yeah, yeah, for me